3: Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenbloom from the Brooklyn Kitchen. Join me every Wednesday as I talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. Today's episode 82 of Feast Your Ears. on. Pleased to be back for my seventh season here in the Heritage Radio Studio behind Roberta's in Bushwick. Uh, if you have just tuning in, you have 81 other episodes that you could listen to and of this show. And if you listen to them all in a row, you'll hear me in your dreams, I think. Uh, I'm really uh, pleased to uh, have Jesse Singh here uh, from Babuji in the studio with me. Thanks, Thanks Jesse, for me. joining me. Okay. Um, Jesse has two restaurants currently. He and his wife, um, Jennifer, right? Correct. Um, they have Babuji here in New York City. Um, and then they have also have a location of Babuji. They didn't choose a different name; same name same in name. San Francisco. Correct, same, same name. name. Yeah. Um, and so Jesse grew up in Australia, um, but after being born in India, and then met his wife, who's from Brooklyn, and they opened a restaurant in Melbourne, which they don't own anymore, which is also called Babuji. Correct. So it's a, there's a theme here. And then they came to New York, and the, the first Babaji in America opened uh, to great fanfare, and now they are moved to San Francisco. So thanks so much for making time back in New York, probably checking on your restaurant here and then going back to San Francisco. Correct. Thanks, mate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would love to sort of start at the beginning. Um, I was really interested to uh, to find out when I started to do a little bit of research, and I, I watched a couple of videos online that you appeared in, that you're not a trained chef.
4: No, mate. Not not self-taught
3: chef. Me neither. I mean, I don't have a restaurant. But, you know, I, I, I find that to be uh, I find that to be really fascinating and interesting, especially because it's not like you're not a trained chef who opened a food cart or a food truck. I was just in Portland where I feel yeah. like everybody who's not That's a trained cool. chef, like as a food truck. Yeah. Right. And so it's not quite the same. But you now have two locations of a critically acclaimed restaurant in this country standing up against all these people who went to culinary school. Where'd you learn to cook? Oh, my mom's kitchen. So a lot of uh, uh, foods come from
4: moms, the grandma, my aunties, and uh, our temp- Indian temples. That's mm-hmm. where I have a big influence. That's where I start learning. And I would cook, actually, when family will go every Wednesday night and Sunday to a temple. And uh, you have to cook for about four or 5,000 people. And wow. it's all volunteers. So everybody volunteered themselves to go and prep and cook. And I'd done all my life so that's why and food's always I always loved food I remember my mom kicking me out of the kitchen get out of here because it's not for the men's
3: <laughs> oh sure I yeah, see in
4: Indian food yeah. mostly in India or Indian kitchen it's always either mom or sister is right. cooking food for everybody but
3: then they give up
4: they say, alright you can come and help <laughs> hey.
3: so for you there's really a spiritual connection yes. to yes. the food because it was so connected to that uh, to the temples yes that's oh, yeah. really that's fascinating um, and you started out where you were born. You guys had very little electricity, right? Yeah, barely. I mean, till today. I mean,
4: yeah, in, there is barely any electricity in India. It's sure. I mean, I think part it's of it.
3: I think it's hard for us in the United States to think about that, right? That there are. I mean, you know, everyone that I know who grew up in the United States grew up in a place where you could flick a switch and it would be light, yeah. yep. and you could turn a turn a handle and you'd have hard water. Hot water. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, doesn't exist till today Right. Uh, even
4: like uh, most of India, Summer there's barely any electricity. Oh, we got a billion people, mate. Yeah. And infrastructure <laughs> is not that good. Yeah. And a little wind blows somewhere or a little rain, boom, gone. So no one's depend on like we don't have frit.
3: Most people will have frit, but they do not depend on it. Right, right, right. right. Well it's, and that's one of the reasons, right, historically that food from warm climates is spiced to the way that it is. A yep. lot of those things, ginger, turmeric, peppers, uh, you know, acids, they're all a preservative. Yep. Right. And it helped raise your body temperature in summer. Like people think
4: eating spicy food in summer is not good. It's actually very good. It raises your body temperature. You don't feel hot and humid.
3: Ah, right. Because you're hotter. So exactly. then, you, yeah. And you sweat more sweat potentially. More. Yeah.
4: Yes. So it's a like, we don't, if it's not in the season, you will not find that stuff in India. If tomatoes are not seasoned, you will not see a tomato. Right. But because we don't have cold room, storage. Sure. And freezer. the
3: logistics, I'm sure, for distribution is not,
4: not there. Yeah, so everything is local. Uh, the, the, we call it sabjiwala. Sabjiwala means vegetable seller. They'll come to your house in front of your doors every day till today. Like, there'll be a guy who's selling potato, then there's a tomato, there's garlic, there's onion. So each one is separate. Each one separate. Huh. So... And it's a small little economy. So many people have jobs. It supports so many people. Then yeah. you're seeing my aunties and moms bargaining with this guy with the potatoes. Like, oh, no, it's not a dollar. No, I'll give you 50 <laughs> cents going through. You can see that in Asian markets, how moms haggling. And, and, uh, but what that did, it brought you three fresh veggies at your doorstep. Right. So you didn't need electricity. You didn't need a fridge. You didn't need to have... And you didn't the, need to go to the market. No. You cook everything from scratch. So that's a big, big part of cuisine back home. And and I think most of the third world or most of other places where people make food from scratch. And you get so good and you don't make, you only make enough for that meal. Mm -hmm. So there's no leftover. So you don't have to worry about keeping that because second meal is going to get started from
3: scratch. Right, 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 so you're just really good at that. It's interesting because i I had a guest last season on who wrote an entire book. she's actually Australian. She wrote an entire book about cooking for one, yep, and sort of how to do that, and that's something I mean I'm very bad at it because me and my wife and my kids you know, there's always leftovers because that's what I give them for lunch. Exactly. the next day. It's
4: just life is so busy here, yeah. and would depend on so many other things.
3: If you didn't have a fridge, you would be cooking only for th- four sure. of those, yeah, if you have no makes, choice. yeah makes perfect sense, yeah. So tell me a little bit about the sort of idea. I mean, babuji is named from uh, you know. You talk on the on the babuji website. It says that the the Hindi term babuji, when used playfully, is what we New Yorkers might call the mayor of the block. I'm and I totally. I mean, I, you know, anyone who's listening to this who has lived in New York, even if you don't live here now, I'm sure that you had a babuji. I do. Everyone, you know, everywhere I've lived, blocks there's been you one. had yep. exactly
4: this person who lived all his life in a block and he looked after and he was so proud for that block. So he will go up and down. Keep an eye on everything, make sure it's, everything's good and safe.
3: Yep. So that's. Knows, cool. knows if you have a light bulb out, exactly. if you didn't put out your trash, yep. if somebody hit your car,
4: whatever. He knew who's moving in, who's yep. moving out, what's going on. So, and he's there to give you advice. Doesn't matter, if you need it or not. No, it's a Babuji. <laughs> so that's what we call, we played use a Babuji. Babuji is a, actually a term uh, used by, back in time, by British in the Raj system. Any Indian person who worked for British. For Indians, it was he was had authority, okay. so called him Babuji. Got it. So I mean, it's a, still it's a term for our high end government of, official in India. So okay. you, you hear a lot Babuji,
3: Babuji, Babuji. So there's a, so there's a lot of there's a lot in the meaning of meaning, the name yes. of your
4: restaurants. Then there's a Babuji you can use for your father. Certain part of India people call Babuji to their dad. Then there's a certain part of India Babuji used as a grandpa. Hmm. Then. Uh, you can make fun on someone to, if has, you had a friend who's dressed up really nice, but you know he's got nothing, and you just kind of bubble your head and say, Babuji. <laughs> so it's just how you say it, how you twist sure, it down. Sure, sure, sure. Or you, if someone you're giving respect to, Babuji, so it makes you serious. Right. Or give him authority.
3: So you opened your first Babuji in Melbourne. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned before we before the show that you don't own that one anymore, I don't. but it's still in your family.
4: Still in my family. My cousin owns it. He's a, just like me, young kid who was really into food. Again, not a trained chef, will come in, hang around all the time, work in kitchens. Yeah, you can have it. So, and he's doing a really good job. Oh, that's exciting. So again, same stating. because the philo- the babuji food is it's very hard uh, to go hire a proper Indian Indian chef, yeah. because then they start doing what they think is right, compared sure. to, for me, to doing the Babuji, it's all that flavor, healthy,
3: color, vibrant. It's fun food,
4: yeah. rather than same old Indian food that's been
3: repeated. So tell me a little bit about how you craft your, your menus. Are they, you know, we, of course, now we're in America, right? And, or even, I'm sure, in Melbourne, you could get tomatoes all year exactly. round. Yeah. You can get whatever you want. Yeah. So how do you go about crafting your menu and and are the menus in New York and San Francisco different or are you They're, working with different? It's seasonal okay. and uh, what's around.
4: So a lot sure. of my menu works on uh, Babuji New York always big. Union Square Market always been big or the Tompkins Square Market and when I used to live I lived in Staitan so we had a farmer market every Sunday. Oh great, there. yeah. So the market uh, the restaurant is dedicated and decide what's in the season and the uh, menu is very seasonal. I do very... Sometimes six to 10 menu. a year. Wow. So it's so change. Yeah. So it's all about like if it's in season. So that's how I grew up. I grew up eating food, and my mom, everybody made food what was around. So it didn't come from far. And in Indian cooking is that way. So it's easy. And plus, we use a lot of lentils sure. that you can have year round. Right, right, right. Dry. So dry legumes. Yeah. So, but still, uh, Babuji is your clean, healthy Indian food that comes from around you. So it doesn't have to travel far from it. Got it. And America has very similar as Australian. Like there's so much good stuff around here.
3: And your wife is from Brooklyn. Right. She's born in Brooklyn, grew up in Midtown. Italian family. And and the way the restaurants break down is that you're in the kitchen and she runs front of us, right? So yeah,
4: she she's the one who came up with the concept. Got it. I used to drag her in uh, all those years to Indian restaurant and we'll come on we'll stink so bad she <laughs> had to take her clothes off and she would like get upset like I can't believe then she would tell me how come there is not a cool Indian restaurant where mm. you know I mean you want to go there you want to line up it's there's every other cuisine done it Indian food hasn't done it and either Indian food we have really good cheap and cheery like yeah. you look on Curry Hill Jackson eye totally. Jersey City or very high end Michelin star fine dining white tablecloth there was nothing in middle right So that's how the Babuji was born. Got it. So it's to, all right, bring everybody in, let's show people Indian cuisine. Hey, it's a good cuisine just like anyone else.
3: Yeah. And, and so now you have, you've had Babuji here in New York for a number of years. So who's at the helm? Who's running it while you're in San Francisco? I
4: have a great team. I have good chefs. Awesome. Uh, a lot of people have been with me from a long time. Same thing. A bunch of people moved to San Francisco to open. Cool. And they end up staying there. So yeah. they, they say, oh, we love California. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I love California. Let's stay there. Yeah, hey, great team. And a lot of people I work, I train, they like me. They like me. Uh, it's easy to work with them and train them and show them your vision. This is what Babuji. It's about flavors. It's not about the old traditional recipes that uh, maybe was born in the UK or in the bars and pub. The oh, chicken right. tikka masala, the and jars right. having five chicken, five lamb, five <laughs> beef. So basically, our traditional menu was in come from like forties. It had numbers, hmm. like number because the menu was so big. It was the right. same dish being repeated so many times. Right, with so, just slight variations. Yep. Yeah. So I created, like, all right, just have a one simple page menu. That's how every single restaurant and cuisine has. So it should be Bob. So you can actually create and cook good food rather than just going and have the 200 items. Like a lot of time you go in a restaurant, it has
3: actually 200 items. Yeah. You look in the back, in the kitchen, there's two guys in the right. kitchen. <laughs> It's impossible to execute. (laughs) Right. And it's impossible to do really well every single dish, of course. We're going to take a short break and hear from one of our sponsors. And uh, when we come back, I want to pick up on uh, this conversation about ingredients and what ingredients you use here that might not be used in India. Thank
4: you.
3: Welcome back to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenbloom. Today, I'm very pleased to have Jesse Singh here from Babuji New York and Babuji San Francisco in the studio. And before the break, Jesse and I were talking about um, your ingredients and your choice of ingredients, and that your cooking is really based on, uh, you know, experiences cooking at temples when you yep. were young and, and learning from your mother and learning from your family. Um, I did notice though that you do have some dishes that are using ingredients that I don't ever think of when I think of Indian food. You uh, you have a, a Dish where you have flavored butters that are cooked with oysters on the half shell. Correct. And oyster, flavored butter for sure. Totally, you know, sounds Indian. I can almost taste it and smell it when you talk about it. Um, but oysters is not an Indian ingredient.
4: No, mate. It's more uh, Australian. Like Sure. You know, growing, uh, in Melbourne, we have a beautiful selection of oysters. So I go to the my fishmonger. He'll he fresh oysters while you go and buy a fish. He'll actually suck it for you, and you can eat it there. Oh, nice. If you guys ever, in Melbourne, Australia, go to Queen Victoria Market, and they have a massive seafood section, and you will see a lot of people eating oysters. And same coming in America, I love eating oysters, especially in San Francisco. Yeah. Across the bridge, Golden Gate Bridge, there's tons of oysters around, and really good. Same thing in New York. There's a lot of good oysters. And it's a dish I really love, and exactly, you're right. You will not see that in in your restaurant. But it was fresh, and just put a pickle, green mango pickle butter. It tasted. Because that's how I ate. Like, people come in my house wow, you're eating whistle uh, with the butter? You, sh- you <laughs> should put that on the menu. I'm like, hey,
3: yeah, we should. Yeah. I mean, and, and it makes so much sense, right? It, that is a true expression of you yep. as the chef on the menu. Are there other dishes yeah, like that on no, the menu I that would, are I real
4: mashups? I do uh, locals, uh, New York uh, scallops, raw scallops, oh, Montauk scallops. So I put that in my coconut curry. And we constantly tell guests, like sometimes we get a complaint, hey, there's is a sh- uh, scallops not cooked. No, I so said, we're supposed to eat raw because scallops are so fresh and yep. so good around New York and goes in coconut milk curry. So, this curry I make it is basically coconut milk and a fresh curry leaf, no other spice because mm. I didn't want that oyster. And I do, sometimes I'll put uh, snapper, a lot of raw fish in there, uh, make tuna tartars. Same thing, the tuna So when you're tart. doing
3: the curry, you're just putting the raw fish in there, in there as it's going to the table. Exactly. Got it. Yeah, Got it's it. all like uh, your
4: sashimi-style shish, fish yeah. that you. a lot of people love eating. For me, I I don't like cooking a fish or a seafood you can eat raw. Oh, for sure. I'm with and you in my cuisine, where spices then say it has so much flavor. Yeah. If you cook the fish and then there's curry that has stew added to together together, uh, the seafood is gone. Right, right. So it just you, beco- it becomes
3: a lump in there. Exactly. It's just a piece of protein.
4: Yeah. So it's uh, so, so about flavors. People come in, wow, I can still taste the raw, but I'm tasting with now a little co- uh, coconut curry or I'm tasting uh, tuna tartare with the chutneys, mm. so oysters with the pickles. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of these things. Uh, it's just, how
3: I wanted people to experience Indian food. So the reception here in New York and San Francisco for Babaji has been great. Yes. Um, you've gotten fantastic press. Uh, you'd mentioned to me before the show that your first restaurant was in a small Australian town. Correct. Where they weren't really sure what to do with you. Uh, and, they were, and you were told that it's a town that lives on sausage rolls and meat pies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, to me, I mean, initially when I, when I heard that, when I read that, that um, you, know, you wrote that to me, I thought, well, wait a minute. Like, there's plenty of, like, meat pie-like flavors in Indian food. So yep. tell, tell me about, I mean, how did that go? Did, did you win them over ultimately? Yeah,
4: mate. So I'm in mean, this town, beautiful uh, town, my hometown in Australia. I still call it hometown. It's a Kyneton. It's about an hour away from Melbourne. And people were so friendly to us, to me and Jennifer. Everybody welcomed us to come in. Like, oh, great. We'd love to have you guys. And then the, we became friends with a lot of locals. Then I did say we're going to open a restaurant here, Indian restaurant. And a bunch of my mates go, look, man, mate, we love you so much. You know, we've never seen Indian before. Forget about having Indian foods. <laughs> We're worried about you. This town is all about sausage rolls and, uh, you know, pies. <laughs> Maybe somebody will have go have a curry pie. Curry pie is a big thing. Mm. So a lot of people in Australia would experience curry pie over uh, Indian. But that's like British. Right. madras powder so they use madras curry powder with uh, beef and just put in a pie so pies are like a savory pies that yeah. are very big in Australia New Zealand, and UK so yeah people were genuinely concerned like <laughs> please don't uh, open your restaurant
3: here you will not survive <laughs> but it worked out okay. it worked out and really- now we're so lucky we yep. have you in New York and San Francisco thank you yeah. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask about your daughters. You have two little girls. Yep. I have I an have a, a eight-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. Um, and I think about this a lot, being in the food business. Um, so I'm wondering, what do they think of your food? What Do they, they, do they like Indian food? They love.
4: Food? Yeah, my kids love it. I have two daughters, five and seven. My seven-year-old is so happy to have that fleur she loves the butter chicken the coconut sauce the a lot of my curry the rice garlic naan and my 5 years old she's now getting into it and uh, following big following sister right? big yeah. sisters and it's uh, again because now they're so used to have different profile flavors totally. and i'm exposing them to all kind of allergies I mean, we we don't like to okay we can't do this we can't do this cuz back home growing up in India, you just try everything you okay. try everything yeah. so that helps. And uh, then the girls, my girls eat Chinese, the Japanese, the Indian. So it's, we went from uh, baby food direct to adult food.
1: Yeah. So they, yeah, we yeah.
3: never made like a separate meal we sure. to make. So we, whatever we cook, they will eat together. That's awesome. That's great. I mean, that's for me, that's real important with my family as well. Like we you know, always encourage it. My son's a little pickier than my, than my daughter is. My daughter's a big fan of insects. Yep. She loves eating insects. Yeah. Um, so the other day, she was so excited. We got some Mexican chapulines, and she took them to school for a snack. And I said, what would your friends think about that? And she said, well, some of them liked them, some of them didn't. <laughs>
2: yeah, and it's
4: such a, we should be exposing our kid to this cuisine yeah. from early childhood. So just like now, a lot of time I experience in my restaurant in New York or San Francisco, people in their mid-50s, 60s, 70s, they never had Indian food in their life. Yeah. There's the kids like, no, dad, mom, you have to come here, grandma. You will love this Indian food. They're just like, we never had Indian food. Yeah.
3: Well, or I think, you know, it, I mean, I grew up around New York City. And so the Curry Hill kind of like yes. low rent, kind of cheaper Indian yep. food. So yeah. like, you know, biryani for whatever version of that that is that appears there like that's something that i know and i think of indian food and i'm like oh yeah it's sort of curry-y and you get naan which is this bread and like tandoori chicken is like electric red you know this bright thing yeah but it took a really long time before i had any real understanding of like oh the the tandoor is a way of cooking exactly and it's a it it is a it is a a cooking machine that is used for lots of things it's not just doesn't make this just bright red chicken
4: and my great friend he's from galveston texas Parents never eaten their food, so we brought him in and we didn't tell them that Indian food. I'm like, ah, oh, it's a barbecue chicken. It's actually tenderweed chicken. He <laughs> loved it. I no, mean, oh, it's a bread. Yeah, It was a garlic. No, yeah. it's, you know, it's a stew. Yeah, it's a stew. Sorry, it yeah. a, he had a butter chicken yeah. and he was like, then he, we
3: told him, and you just ate Indian food. He was like, I'd be
4: damn <laughs> You couldn't believe that he ate Indian
3: food. <laughs> Well, I know we're running out of time. I know you've got somewhere else to be this afternoon. I wanted to ask, so what's next for Babaji? So now you've got San Francisco, and I don't, I don't mean to, like, you know, I know <laughs> yeah. it's very recent yeah. and, like, just getting things going out there. It sounds like your family's settling down yep. on the West Coast, at yes. least for a little bit. Yep. Do you have plans for another location yet?
4: No, not yet. I'm just happy to run these two yeah. coasts. It just take time traveling of course, yeah, to yeah, San, and San Francisco. And I have two little girls yep. and her family. it' just happy with
3: just I mean, right California is a great place. It I mean, is. I, I spent my I spent some time there when I was a kid, and yeah. you know what a wonderful place. To have such close access, beautiful weather,
4: yeah. And the best thing is the beautiful fruit. Like right now, this summer has been so amazing. Peaches, the apricots, the grapes, the all kind of veggies. And California have a big Asian population, so we I get to have experience and play with a lot of the veggies that you find in India, Vietnam, Cambodia that you won't see in New York.
3: Right. Or if you see them, you'll see them for just a second, second. in one market in Chinatown. Right. Yep. Yeah. And but out there, it's
4: much more. Much more. Or you have to travel in Queens or yeah. some far, And it takes like two, three, four hours of trip yeah.
3: to get in and out. Where to yeah. San Francisco. Markets in the middle of the city and they have all those stuff. Yeah. That's that's great. Well, um, anything else you want to you want to mention about the restaurants?
4: All right. We're, in, uh, We're right on uh, Union Square, 13th and Fifth Avenue in San Francisco in the Mission District. Please come say good day and come have say hello. Awesome. Well,
3: thank you so much, Jesse. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Feast Your Ears today. Big thank you to David Tattashore, who engineers this show. You can find Feast Your Ears as well as lots of other great shows at Heritage Radio network.org and on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please take a moment to like the show if you did in fact like it. And feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. You can reach me via email, harry at com. You can follow me on social media at theFoodballer, and you can find... Uh, Babuji at Babuji Babu at at NYC yeah. and at Babuji SF. Correct. Online. So follow them, look at their food. You're going to look at it and be really hungry because the photos are beautiful. Cool. Talk Thank you. Next you. Week. Bye.
2: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network.